I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms, but in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM, and it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content, and we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning to you, Steve. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good, good. Uh, welcome to the Saturday matinee. This is our show for all of our wonderful Patreon supporters, uh, who we thank uh, great greatly for the uh, support that they give us. And uh, here we are. We're going to chat a little bit about movies. You're you're back. You were you were voiceless last week. We had to do the show without you. On my birthday, I lost my voice. I woke up and I had no voice. <laughs> Uh, went for about five days before I finally was kind of fully back. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting birthday present. You just, so, so you, you and summer colds. I don't know what happens out there on the west side of town, but I don't get summer colds out here. I don't know if it's, if it's the kids giving them to you or what, but I, it seems like every year you get these summer colds that take you out of commission for a couple of days. You know, my body doesn't like big changes in temperature and going from the cold AC to the hot temperatures outside. It just, it just beats me up. Oh, okay. And so it weakens yeah. my immune system okay. and 
down I down I fall. All right. We didn't get to touch base with you last week. Have seen anything of interest? Anything entertaining? Any any picks to recommend? Uh, well, I saw the big ones. I saw Mission Impossible Fallout, which I completely loved. Uh, definitely look forward to seeing that one again. I also uh, took the kids to see uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which I have to say is a complete treat. <laughs> in the in the world of really dour DC uh, superhero movies, it was like a complete 180. It was probably the most <laughs> most fun you could have at a DC movie. And and they throw in like every DC character, like Swamp Thing is in there, like uh, like Jonah Hex is in there. <laughs> so, are are your kids fans of the? tv show teen titans go no i don't think well and i think it's been off the air at least the way that because it ends it ends in a, in like a i guess you could call it like a marvel mid-sequence sort of thing where it's the the teen titans um from the the tv show who are like breaking in like we think we found a way to return and then that, it, the transmission gets cut off, and I think that they're setting up something for a return to TV, which oh, I okay. I don't know enough about them to know all of that, but that seemed to be the case. Okay. So, um, but I, you know, they they know enough of the characters that they still completely enjoyed it. You know, like they know the the main cast. The fact that they didn't really know who the Teen Titans were, I don't think, kept them from enjoying fart jokes. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing can get in the way of enjoying fart jokes. That's <laughs> exactly okay. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. You know, I'm still playing Oscar catch-up, trying to watch all the uh, movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. And so just watched uh, 1977's The Goodbye Girl, and uh, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, a bit. I, I wasn't sure if I would get into it because uh, Neil Simon often, when he writes, uh, can feel very stagey. And it started that way, but it ended up okay, so... Have you ever seen that one? That is one that I have not seen. And I think it's just, I'm I'm not a Neil Simon fan. And I think it was, I guess the opportunity I had, again, was at the video store in high school. And it was, I was there was lots of things to catch up on. And as a teenager in high school, that's just not a movie that, you know, is high on your list. And it's just one that I've never really gotten around to. I mean, I, Richard Dreyfuss, you know, big fan. But I, yeah, it's just... Eh. Yeah, I, 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 that's that was my thought going into it. But I will say, Richard Dreyfus is really the reason that that movie is anything. He was so good, and uh, I guess at the time he won the Oscar for Best Actor, and he was at the time thirty and the youngest man to win uh, a Best Actor Oscar. Oh wow! I. I did not know that. That's okay. Which strikes me funny that a thirty-year-old was the youngest at that point. <laughs> So what about you? What have you been up to? I did get out to see uh, the Mission Impossible Fallout and really, really enjoyed that. Although, uh, yeah, the, you know, watching the trailer, uh, I didn't think was going to, you know, have any impact on my viewing of the film. But I found my this is why I don't watch trailers, because there's I see things in the trailer and then I'm in the back of my mind. I am like okay, we're this far in the movie, but this hasn't happened yet that I saw in the trailer. So, okay, we've got more to come. And there's that that moment that the, I forget if it was the first trailer, ends where it, he's going to like collide into the side of a truck. And I'm like, okay, we're near the end of the movie. That hasn't happened. Okay, there's got to be another, they're going to put in another chasing because this movie is packed with action. And then it ended, I thought, wait, I, I got cheated. I wanted to see how he got out of that. I'm going to collide at the side of a truck and at the last minute escape. 
and I was denied that. And I was a, I was a little disappointed, but I can only blame myself for that one. <laughs> I was really just enjoying this because it's the first time in this franchise where they continued a story. It, it's been very episodic, and this one to to continue the story from the previous film from Rogue Nation. I I thought they did a really nice job of continuing that story. I I feel like I almost don't need any more Mission Impossible after this. I don't know where they go if they're going to, you know, of course they're going to do more, but to me this was a, a great, you know, sort of two-part story in the franchise that I, I really enjoyed because I think it cut down on so much exposition and having to set up everything in the beginning of the film. You don't have to, oh, here's this new bad guy, here's this whole new thing. They, they had a little bit of that to do. Um but for me, it was just easy to get things moving along with this. And I think that just, to me, contributed to just a, a great pacing in this film. Yeah, it worked exceedingly well. And I also liked that they they had enough connections kind of to the other films in the franchise to really, even though it's really is like a continuation of that story, like you mentioned, but they still found a way to kind of keep that thread going, like the mention of Max from the first film and and even just the characters that we've seen through so many of the films just kind of continuing forward. I, I really yes. enjoy the way that that franchise has uh, developed. So, And yes, you only have yourself to blame for the trailer. You should know by now, Steve, you've been watching movies long enough, that it happens all the time. There are always shots in trailers that don't make it in the film. Yes. And uh, it's just one of those things that I've, I've given up on on worrying about. I just I just acknowledge that it's there and and uh, say, well, maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. Okay. Is, is there, is anybody ever, it seems like something that would happen in a comedy to make a trailer of everything that is not in the movie. Uh, boy. <laughs> seems like something, you know, like a, a Will Ferrell movie would do, like, a, you know, like do an Anchorman movie and the trailer is just scenes that aren't in the movie at all. Like the whole thing is just cuts. Yeah, yes, exactly. So... You know, to completely just, you know, throw an audience off their tracks. That'd be a very difficult spoof sort of thing to do. Yes, it would be. There are teasers out there um, where it's something that, like, it's them talking to the screen that's obviously not going to be in the film. Like the new Jungle Jungle Cruise teaser, which is just have, Emily Blunt. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's just, oh, yeah, it's just okay. Emily Blunt and, and Dwayne Johnson kind of talking to the audience, letting them know how much fun it's going to be, basically. <laughs> It's like the you know Team Disney just needed to get something out, and so they just shot the two of them <laughs> on the back lot while they were waiting for uh, while they're between takes or something. Oh, okay. Oh, that that one did not come up on my list. It was tough to find a trailer for this weekend. There was not a whole lot out there to choose from that I could find for trailers, and that one didn't even come up on my 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 radar. So was that was that just like late yesterday? That that one showed up. Well, I didn't. I don't know when it was released, but I mean, I, I searched for trailers late yesterday, so it's yeah. entirely possible oh, okay. it was just dropped. But uh, and and weirdly, when I searched for my trailers, it wasn't high on the list. It was down deep, so it's kind of an odd one. But again, it's it's kind of I don't know. It's one of those weird trailers where I don't know how many people are going to be that excited to watch it because it is just the two of them on screen, and it's really just kind of getting a sense of their chemistry, which they had. It was it was fun watching the two of them together i'll have to check that out since it's not going to spoil anything for the movie for me on that one it definitely won't so well speaking of trailers um let's jump in why don't you go first since you already uh mentioned you were struggling here yeah so i, had to, I actually went back 
This this one uh, came out a couple weeks ago, and I had to go back to check to make sure we hadn't talked about it because I thought we would have, but then I realized we were sort of on a hi- hiatus for a while. I think when this one came out, and this is the remake of Suspiria. Uh, well, I guess yeah, I guess it's it's a remake. It's but the story is slightly different from the trailer. I I see what. I see a trailer that reminds me of the original Suspiria. It has this great look, this great feel that I said, yes, it's very Suspiria. But there's a lot of scenes in this trailer that I don't recall, you know, parallel events in the original. So I looked and it's a complete, you know, rewriting of the story. But this is from director, I'm going to butcher all of these names, directed by Luca Guadagnino. 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 Call me by your name. So completely yeah. different genres here. Uh, but written by David Kajanich, who has has some roots in horror. He wrote the Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, remake with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, which I have not seen. But I think, did you do a an Invasion of the Body Snatchers where you watched all of the different versions? I did. I did. What was that? Was that one just called Invasion? Yeah, that was just called Invasion. Yeah. They all have things going for them. Yeah. Um, that one is my least favorite, but it's oh. still, even with <laughs> okay. that, it still had some interesting elements. Okay. But he is also writing the new uh, adaptation of Pet Cemetery. I guess they're remaking that one. But oh. uh, the, so for this trailer, it just, for me, it captures the spirit and feel of the original. You and I saw that. Was that last fall when we went yeah. out and saw that that 4K restoration? And so I was really surprised at how well it just it conjured up all these images and feelings of that, you know, sort of giallo horror. So I'm really excited about this because it's it has that look and feel. It's a new story, but it's still tied to a world-renowned dance company and strange things going on there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one. It's going to be uh, hit in theaters November 2nd, so right there after Halloween. Plus, Jessica Harper is in this one as well. Yes. Which is great. Yeah, this, um, the just the vibe of the trailer, it definitely doesn't have like that uh, amazing... Uh, Dario Argento look that the first one has with just yeah. the the wild color palette and and everything. Um, nor does it, does it have the the uh, the goblin uh, score, score yeah. which uh, is is a key element. But it has so much of the vibe. You know, it, it really feels of uh, of kind of that same world, and that's what I really love about this trailer. And I love what at least what it looks like from this trailer that Luca is doing with the story. And it's not, he's basically is, is taking that Argento story and, and tone, and he's finding a way to uh, create his own tone and story um, really inspired by what Argento did. And so it, it, it feels very much of the same world, even though it feels so completely different. And that's what I really, really like about it because it just, uh, you know, watching this trailer, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is a remake. I'm actually really excited to see now. Yeah. I wanted to mention that although we don't have that sort of iconic score from, from the original Tom York from Radiohead is doing the music for this one. So I am interested to get a sense of what sort of the soundscape is going to be on this because he is a, a very, 
I guess, unusual musician, very experimental. So I'll be interested to see how that fits in with this. So yeah, I you know I think uh, maybe you and I uh, go out and check this one out together. Yeah, absolutely. Has he done any other film scores? I'm trying to think. Tom York, he, you know, the guys from, it's mostly Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead does a lot yeah. of, you know, works on a lot of things, but I will take a look and I don't, I know a lot of uh, Radiohead songs show up in movies. Um, I don't see any feature films Interesting. that he is credited for. So this would be, uh, looks like his first score. Well, I am, uh, count me in. So yes, we'll have to go see this. And before, uh, we go to the, uh, the goblin yes. show to watch the, 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 uh, the live, uh, yeah, live performance. <laughs> live performance. So, yes. Looking forward to that as well. Excellent. All right. Well, my trailer, um, when, uh, when moonlight came out, it actually took me quite a while to finally see that one. I, I finally ended up having to rent that one cause I just, I completely missed it in theaters. Um, but, uh, and I'm kind of a little disappointed in myself that I didn't see it in theaters because it really just, it was a powerful film. It really struck a chord with me. I just loved what Barry Jenkins, uh, did with that story. It was really beautifully told. Um, seeing the trailer for his new film, uh, that he has coming out, if Beale Street could talk, um, really, um, it, it's interesting because the trailer doesn't give you much. It's hard to get a sense of, of what the story's about. Um, it just kind of gives you a tone. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a, a, a another trailer that will give you a little bit more uh, than this one does. But um, but regardless, the, the story is, is, you know, a powerful one. It's a story about a young, uh, a young couple who um, kind of fall in love. They get engaged uh, uh, and then, the uh, her boyfriend or her i guess her fiance um is falsely accused of rape and he gets put in prison and that at the same time she finds out she's pregnant and then it's really about her and her family trying to uh, find the evidence to free him uh, before she has the baby um you don't get any of that from this trailer but you do get this sense of the family and the sense of the relationship and the sense of the pain when he's put in prison and just kind of the, the struggle of trying to find, uh, find that strength in family when something happens. And, uh, plus you get the, the words coming through of James Baldwin who wrote the book that this is based on. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, it just really struck a chord with me again. And I, I feel that Barry Jenkins is one of those filmmakers who has found a way to just tap into, uh, an inner voice with his characters that I find really powerful and I really connect with it. So, um, and plus it just looks like a really well-made movie. Um, we've got, uh, Kiki Lane and, uh, uh, Stephen James as our leads. And then, uh, you have, uh, like uh, Regina King is in there, Dave Franco's in there, um, Diego Luna pops in. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I, I do hope that there's a little more meat in some other trailers, but just at this point, that when the name Barry Jenkins is attached to a film, I'm interested. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, this was a, a really powerful trailer, the way that this was just pieced together. Yeah, it is, it is non-narrative, but for me, it, it is really capturing 
the sense of this era and just the the conflict, the the trauma, just so so many. This is just emotion coming through in this trailer and just looks gorgeous uh just capturing you know the 70s there the look the feel everything uh, yeah i'm this is not one that i would typically say oh yeah this is a you know very you know high interest you know film but i think i really enjoyed moonlight i think he's a really um an up-and-coming director that everybody needs to keep their eyes on because i think seeing what he's done with this trailer i am expecting just continued you know just really powerful emotional films from him that uh really connect character you know pieces and i love films like that so yeah this one is uh very much on my list to see because it's 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 gonna rip my heart out i know it but i love when that is done well yeah definitely definitely uh did you see the documentary i am not your negro um about uh, James Baldwin. No, I have not seen that yet. No, you know, I it was it was interesting. I I enjoyed the um, the experience, I guess, of of learning more about James Baldwin and who he was. But uh, and I know a lot of people loved it. It was nominated for an Oscar for best documentary. But man, did I just find it tedious? It was like it was like a lecture. It was it was sitting oh, like sitting in and, okay. and, and, and it, watching somebody read an essay. <laughs> it's oh, like oh okay. my god, this is really boring. But um, but I still enjoyed learning more about about uh, Baldwin and who he was. But um, you know he that that was more of kind of a a personal essay uh, that he had written that yes. the documentary was based on. This is one of his uh, uh, fiction works, and yes. uh, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. It looks like this one is actually going to have its premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival festival in September next month, and uh, then it's going to be released in theaters November thirtieth. So. Oh. There you go. There we are. All right. All right, man. It's time for our lists. Okay. Yes. Uh, 2001 is the film the uh, that uh, Pete and I duked it out over on the show <laughs> this week. So it, it should uh, the list really right. be movies you love and, and, and that Pete hates because it was... Uh, I mean, that's just... That was epic flick charting. I think that's the flick charting <laughs> that goes down... As I, I, there, there will be conspiracy theorists because I, you know accusations. And Andy just you know he was bribed, <laughs> he was paid off. Nobody can you know rock paper scissors that poorly that consistently <laughs> because he just he must have thrown the match. Pete bribed him. There was something because that was so just eerie. <laughs> Oh, and it the- broke my heart every time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so frustrating. But yes, I, I, I learned I definitely need to go to rock, paper, scissors school because I clearly was was not hitting it. But oh. we did, so we ended up with humans versus computers. Was That's where we landed. That's yes. where we landed on our, our category for this list. Okay. Oh. So, shall yeah. I kick it off? Go ahead and kick it off, and I'm sure there's going to I Well, we'll see. I, I have some, but I have a feeling there's going to be lots of stealing back and forth here. Uh, yeah, I have I have some on my list that I know are going to be on both of our lists. But okay. this first one, I can almost guarantee, <laughs> will only be on my list. <laughs> okay. Um, because it's, it's a film that I totally loved when I was young. Um, and I've never gone back to rewatch it, and I really don't think I should because I, I almost guarantee it's probably terrible. 
But um, I <laughs> okay. I had so much fun with Electric Dreams. <laughs> oh my! My wife is gonna love you. It's one of her favorite <laughs> movies from like that era. Just you know. Oh yeah. Okay. I. But the funny thing is, like, I hardly remember it. But it's weirdly a film that has just latched onto my brain. And I don't know if it's because the movie poster I think was just such a beautifully iconic movie poster with that the drawing of the computer with the like little devil horns and tail and that wicked smile on its screen. I always loved that image. Um, But it was a film that I I think I probably saw more often because at the time we had HBO and it was just one of those films that probably cropped up a lot. And, and it's a film about a guy who, who um, buys a computer to help him with his ideas and, he kind of uh, it it becomes his like best friend and and then it turns into this weird story where the computer um, ends up it's like a weird love triangle <laughs> between <Yes. laughs> him and this this uh, this cellist who lives next door and the computer and it's it's this really strange uh, completely weird. Uh, love triangle story that involves the computer as one of the people in the love triangle. Very weird. Um, but man, I just, I really loved it. And I think he tries to, doesn't the computer try to, I can't remember if it tries to kill one of them, but it, it ends up killing itself. And I, it, it turns, it turns into his, it turns his electronics in his house against him. I can't remember really, but it was just weird. And I just remember loving it when I was a kid. <laughs> So that's my first choice, uh, Steve Barron's uh, 1984 classic, Electric Dreams. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess it is a, it's a classic of that era. And I think the reason that film stands out is it it's taking sort of a, what was probably considered more of a like sci-fi concept of a, a computer that becomes self-aware and you know it sort of turns his apartment into like a smart house because it takes control of everything and putting that into like a romantic comedy story so it's you're 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 meshing two genres together that, that don't normally collide that way and it's the 80s so you know technology was really exciting as a young kid to see things like computers in movies that were you know could they were smart and they could do things they could communicate with you it was like this is what the future was going to be like and this was 1984 uh yeah it's it, it's cheesy uh i'm sure the, the the well the score the music because i know there was a lot of electronic music in that because she was the cellist and the computer would respond by playing music back and you know electronic music in the mid 80s was you know very computer and artificial sounding so I, I'm and it was sure Giorgio Morador so it was oh. very it was very much that way yes yes but uh no I, I'm glad you picked that one because it it wasn't didn't even come across <laughs> my mind and I know I would have I would have heard about it if I hadn't included this one so I know well, there you go be, she'll be very happy to know you're representing the Electric Dreams fan club out there on this list <laughs> right oh, all good. two of us <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm staying in that same era with a movie that I remember loving as a kid, watching it again in college and saying, this isn't the movie that I remember. This seems like really dull. Why did why was this movie so exciting? There's there's the pacing seems really slow. There's what, what's going on with this. Um, 
and I haven't revisited it since because I'm just worried that it's going to continue to fall apart. But it's a, a movie that's just so many people love, 1982's Tron. Mm. So where we have, you know, Jeff Bridges as a computer, you know, a, a game developer whose games were stolen from him. And he's trying to, you know, hack into the games to prove that he's the one that created them. And there's a, a device that, you know, basically scans him and puts him into the computer. And so we've got this big quest inside a computer with just, you know, amazing visuals. And that's what I remember as a kid. And of course, you've got the, you know, the bike chase, you know, game, all of those things that were really thrilling. But in between that, there was a lot of story that I didn't remember as a kid that seemed to drag for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I feel like I should give it another chance because now my expectations are on the other end of the spectrum and I'm not expecting this great, you know, action-packed thrill ride that I was back in college and it was not there. But I think it's a more interesting exploration of, you know, the character of Flynn and on his quest. So I'm torn. I know they did a sequel to it uh, about 10 years ago that that was all right. But to me, this is when you think... People versus computer, because our, our main uh, main character Flynn is is going up against the master control program that uh, he's got to shut down. So that's sort of the you know again in the early '80s, we've got people versus you know computers that are going to try to take over the world. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a movie. I, I feel like I revisited it sometime right before the uh, the sequel was released, and it really is kind of. Uh, a little slow. Um, I, I guess that's really its its biggest fault is I, the story is not overly involving and it's a little slow. Um, it's interesting. I, I certainly find it interesting. And, and man, did I play that uh, video game a lot when I was a kid? I loved. I loved it. And, uh, even though I really stunk at you know, you could pick the different. I don't know how many different worlds, quote unquote, that you could go into. But there were some I was really bad at. But the light cycles, I just loved being in the light cycles. Um, Oh yeah, that's that's. You think Tron? It's it's the the light cycles and then the uh, like the disc. Yeah, the throwing disc the discs thing, at each other. The and that's the yeah. level I already always sucked at. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so terrible at that. But I, I, it's a great game. Uh, the movie I, I think just stands out because of uh, what it represents for uh, for CG filmmaking and uh, the interesting things that developed from that. I mean, it really. Uh, took everything a step forward, and so it's a it's a really gorgeous film to look at, even if it is a little slow. But um, but yeah, I, I really um, do think that it does have a place in cinematic history. I thought the sequel was an interesting idea, getting uh, uh, Jeff Bridges involved again, which I thought was kind of cool. So yeah. um, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, I'm glad to see it on this list. I had it written down as a as a backup, so I'm glad it's out there. Okay, all right, for my second choice. I am uh, I'm going with a uh, a more recent film that I think is just it's an incredibly incredibly strong Pixar film that uh, really kind of I I think it's it was good when I saw it and I feel like it's improved with age and it's Wally from 2008. Um, now it, you know it's really tricky the balance between man versus computer. Um, versus or man versus machine because it's kind of a computer too. So I was really kind of trying to walk that line, trying to find computers as much as I could that didn't have a physical presence. Now, technically, the film is mostly robots, but technically, um, when they get to the ship 
uh, when Wally and Eve get to the ship and they have the plant and all of that, um, you meet the passengers on the ship who are all incredibly obese because the one, the microgravity on the spaceship, and two, they just the robots do everything for them. So that's a fun and insightful bit of uh, humanity. But the ship is under control of this this computer autopilot uh, named Auto. And uh, who is kind of evil, <laughs> and it's really trying to, to trying to stop this plant from being discovered, so it can go on ruling everything. And uh, it's it's a great bit of of fun uh, watching Otto, especially when uh, when the ship's captain is trying to take her down and everything. Um, and also the design, which has a little bit of a HAL look with kind yeah. of this like this this <laughs> yes. eye that's moving around. But my favorite part is that Sigourney Weaver does the voice of Otto, and it's like what a great nod that is to films like Alien, where she was in and she was talking to <laughs> the ship's computer all the time. I absolutely loved it, and uh, yeah, so that's my next choice, uh, Wally. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't seen that in a long time because I so much enjoyed the first half of that movie and then just felt that it got really preachy and the, when we get to, you know, the passengers on the ship and I, I need to revisit it again and just sort of know that it takes sort of a tonal shift from what was like a great, like, almost silent movie in the beginning half of... With, with Wally and Eve, just the two of them, uh, that I need to give that one a, a chance again. I, I did have a lot of fun with that. I just needed to just set aside, you know, some things that I was not expecting that film to throw at me with, you know, statements about, you know, consumerism and, and all of those things. But no, it's definitely a, a, a classic. And yeah, the, the issue of, you know, the relationship between people and machines and when we start giving them sort of the, we hand over authority of certain things to them and, and how that can lead to dangerous things. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. And that sort of ties in with my next pick of when we hand things over to computers that things can go really wrong. And that's, you know, when Matthew Broderick hooks up his, you know, computer to a phone and starts dialing up numbers in 1983's war games, where we have the <laughs> whopper who's running simulations and can't tell the difference between a game and reality and is possibly going to blow up the world. Uh, this is, you know, again, as a teenager in the eighties, you know, Matthew Broderick was like the every teen, you know, everybody could, every boy could identify with, with him and be in that social outcast and love to play video games. And the idea of being able to hack in to play some games before they were released, uh, you know, such a thrilling idea. And then to see uh, just his hacker skills at work, uh, so many great things that he does when he's got a he gets locked into uh when he's in norad and gets locked into room and he's he's able to use a tape recorder to record things and the, the keypad entries uh just you know so many <laughs> things where you're like yes i could do that yeah that's easy <laughs> Uh, but then, you know, again, a movie that does get a little bit, you know, preachy at the end, you know, like, oh, the only way to win is to not play. Yes. Uh, but for me, when I think, you know, computers in fighting against people, this is the first one that, that comes to my mind. That is the first steal, uh, which surprisingly, we've made it this far with the yes. first steal. Yeah. So 
Pretty impressive. Um, yes, that is a movie that, man, did I love and I watched a lot as a kid. And I wonder, I haven't seen it in forever, but I wonder how it holds up. Have you, when's the last time you watched that? Oh, it's it's been a lot. I don't even know that I've watched it with, with my kids. I may have tried when they were maybe like 10 years ago and they were just like, no, not interested. But I I don't think I've, I can't recall seeing it in a really long time. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, I, it's John Badham who I yeah. think um, you know had a had a great stretch in that era. So it it may still hold up. I'll have to. I wonder if it holds up. I watch it with the kids, see what they think of. The, this was back before we had the internet. These are these are what our computers were like. <laughs> that's what that's what technology was like in the 1900s. Yes, good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Well, uh, that's a that's a fantastic choice. Uh, for my final final one, I'm going to go to a uh, one of my uh, one of my backups that I was really torn if I should use or not. But I, I at this point now I have to use it, so <laughs> we'll see. I, I and I think based on uh, what I said in in Wally, I think that it still holds up, and it is of course the classic, the Terminator, um, which is really just a, an absolutely fantastic film. One of my favorites. Um, I love the first two in the franchise, and uh, you know, I, again, it's it's man versus uh, machine, but we do have the computer, which is Skynet, and and Skynet is this system that uh, you know uh, we build, and it takes over, and becomes self aware, and basically destroys us. And you know, six films in now, or five, six. I can't remember. Let's see, three, four five films a tv show and a sixth film coming yeah sixth film coming which is i is this another one of those where similar to halloween where they're going to just sort of eradicate the uh other pieces of the franchise that they don't like to reset some things in the story i I don't know I i thought i had heard something about james cameron saying we're sort of cleaning the slate on this one what i read about uh about it is that they're they're wiping out um, Genesis. I, th- I think that's all he said that they're, oh, okay. they're uh, pretending didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, though. I'm curious because um, I, I, I think that the previous film was pretty terrible, too. I, I think um, uh, I love Terminator 3, but I know it has a lot of, a lot of uh, people who hate it. Uh, probably more than than like it. So I, I don't know. I'm curious how far back they're going to actually kind of clean the slate, as it were. Um, but you know, they they did just start filming. Um, uh, they might be done by now, but they started filming in June. So I, I don't know. It's a big action film. It could still be going. Uh, you know, the first image that was released didn't give me hope, but um, we'll see. <laughs> but regardless, the first film. Um, was brilliant. It's it's one that I've always loved, and I just love the concept of Skynet, this computer system that uh, ends up creating these robots that will destroy us. So that's my final pick. That's what happens when robots become self-aware, right? They 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 decide that they're better than us and they don't need us, and they can, they can do a better job on things. They either make your appliances come to life, yes, or, or they make killer robots. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Killer Robots ties into my final pick, and I, I'm surprised we have ha- not had more steals because this is one I thought for sure would have been on your list. Uh, 
two weeks ago I talked about Alex Garland and so I'm coming back to him with 2014's Ex Machina which was his first film uh, that he directed and this is uh, I don't think I have to give spoiler alerts since it's been four years but we've got uh, you know Oscar Isaac is a sort of brilliant uh, computer you know programmer and he has you know cracked the code to AI and he has a contest and gets one of his employees to come and uh, participate in what he calls a Turing test and that's the test to see if you can tell the difference between a a computer program and a, a person and if you can't tell the difference that that computer is able to basically mimic you know a, a person well enough that you would say it's it's self-aware and uh things start to take a, a twist for the dark side and the the computer or the the robot ava uh is uh manipulating everybody and things get really messy there at the end it's to me a just really solid film you've got oscar isaac damal gleason and i think i had read they were shooting this and both of them had known that they had been cast in the force awakens but couldn't tell anybody and so they had no idea that they were in the force awakens until they showed up are you kidding to, to shoot for that <laughs> and they were like what? because they, they couldn't talk about being cast in it and then uh alicia vikander as uh ava so just uh for me the type of science fiction film that that i love because it's it's so smart uh and and takes some some really clever twists and just solid performances all around. One of my favorites of the past few years. I, I, I yeah, I loved it. It was a great one. I finally got around to watching Annihilation Two, which I also really enjoyed. Um, I I think that Garland has a, uh, a a really interesting voice in cinema right now, and the science fiction directions that he's been going, I really enjoy. So I I really that's a great pick. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Garland is going to do next, uh, because I think he's really on a winning streak right now. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, he he has decided he's going to do the movies he wants to do. And I think he does some challenging things. Uh, Annihilation was one that uh, uh, my, my wife just watched. She said, she said, Did, was this in theaters? I don't remember this being around very long. And it, it wasn't. And this was the uh, Annihilation was... I think released here in the states, and then was like straight on Netflix uh, right around the same time because it it is just a really challenging film that goes in directions that uh, completely unexpected and is very a, a very difficult film to watch at the end, uh, very unsettling. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he he comes up with next. So. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid one. So, yeah. um, cool. Well, that's those are our lists. So, um, solid all right, man. List. Yeah, I I thought for sure yeah, I had to stuff. go back and check to make sure you hadn't you guys hadn't discussed any of these on the main show, because uh, that that's what, sort of one of our rules, right? We don't do yeah. move. And I I'm I mean, looking at this whole list, you guys haven't done a. You did we haven't done Electric Dreams. I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> There's a series right here. Yeah, yeah I was I know, really surprised with Tron and War Games and Terminator. I know you did Terminator 2 on a speakeasy, but yeah. Right, yeah. yeah okay. We haven't done any others from that uh, franchise. Yeah. So, um, Well, it's so what are we going to do next week? We've got 2010. Which I have not seen in a long 
time, but I I I, I remember sweaty John Lithgow in a spacesuit, like freaking out. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember Roy Scheider and Jupiter and, and his uh, dolphin swimming pool. <laughs> I still never get that. That's uh, about all I. Yeah, it's because we don't have we don't have a. I mean, Hal's there, but we don't have. It's no, not Hal's the not there. Sal is there. Oh, Sal is there. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very minor part of the story. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's an interesting remake. We'll we'll talk about it next week. But yeah. um, what uh, you know, what should we do for our for our lists with this? Um, Try to think what the uh, the main thrust of the plot is to to give us some key points to to move on from there for list options Um, well i i think you know as uh i I think we can certainly uh hit turns in actors careers because roy scheider um you know had a really fantastic run in the 70s and is right around this point where he kind of his career seemed to shift and kind of change direction and and, you know some (laughs) might say go downhill a little bit the decline of Roy Scheider, <laughs> thanks to 2010. Okay. So we could do actor, uh, you know, the films that shifted <laughs> actors' careers. That's a very obscure okay. list, but it could be fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we could do, uh, let's see, we could do, you know, sticking with our science fiction stuff, we yeah. could do, um, you know, anomalies in space. Uh, you know, where they're trying to investigate some strange thing that's happening somewhere in space that they're, okay. they're not sure what it is. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that works. Okay. All right. So we've got turning points in actors' careers for for, for the worse. Is that where we're going to say turns the sort of the, the when, when their career went off the cliff? Well, we could do that. <laughs> or do we want to also have it have, have it the just to allow ourselves a little more flexibility? <laughs> okay, <laughs> just in case. That sounds good. And then uh, anomalies in in space. Yeah, space so. anomalies. Okay. And uh, let's see, we could do movies with dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there? Is there? Because this was the eighties, right? Late eighties. Oh, is we there, should totally do Cold War, Russia. I was going to say US, there's, yeah. there's some Russia U.S. stuff in there, as I as I yeah. recall as well. Some Cold War tensions okay yeah that's a great idea yeah, cold war go. tensions okay all right films that shifted actors careers space anomalies and cold war tensions there we go Got those it. are our options we'll get those posted uh, up on discord so everybody can vote on them otherwise man that's it yeah that was good talking to you glad you have your voice back oh man me too there's nothing worse than sounding like this all the time <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, at least it came back to record a show. Uh. <laughs> All right. So you've got 2010 coming. Now that's, wait, so you've got the 2010. So then that's yep. the end of that series, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then, then moving on into that, that, uh, was it the, the 19th Planet of the Apes series. The Planet yeah. of the Apes series. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Another, oh, another franchise that kicked off 50 years ago. So. That's right. And be spending quite a bit of time there for a while, I imagine. Okay. Just five shows. We're only doing the original five movies. We're not getting into any of the modern films. Well, we didn't want to jump into the um, film board. the Because the film board had already talked about two of the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, that's right. And that's so, right. Um, and neither of us really wanted to talk about Tim Burton's <laughs> Abomination. <laughs> So okay, so I'd say yeah, go with the originals. That sounds like uh, I, you know, it's been a long time since I watched. I, mean, I think like on WGN when I was growing up, they were doing like over one summer. It was like every Saturday they were doing one, and I remember 
watching those and it gets really weird as you get further into the franchise there as i recall it's yeah and and cheaper <laughs> like the budgets just keep <laughs> dropping so yes okay well all right so we've got that coming up after 2010 for everybody to to look forward to yeah and then our film board this month uh, we'll be talking about later in the month uh the happy time murders <laughs> oh my i oh can't oh. wait can't wait <laughs> Just the, we need to make an agreement that nobody is taking any of their kids to this movie. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, right. On this one, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna get going with my weekend here. It was always is always a pleasure talking with you about movies. Likewise, uh, all you Patreon supporters, once again, thank you so much for uh, for contributing and helping us out. And until then, uh, happy Saturday. Talk to you later, Hondo. You know what I got the other day, Pete? Stephen King's latest. Want to borrow it? Do you know who you're talking to? What do you mean? Andy, when's the last time I read a paper book? It's been decades. I would much rather use Kindle, or better yet, Audible. What am I thinking? I don't read paper books anymore either. I'm an audiobook guy all the way. For those of you looking to listen to the books behind the films we discussed on the Next Reels family of podcasts, get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at thenextreel.com slash audible. There are so many great adaptations from these podcasts available in audio form. Stephen JJ talked about a lot of great ones like Odd Thomas. Isn't that series a favorite of yours? I love me some Dean Koontz. They also covered The Two Faces of January based on Patricia Highsmith's novel. I bet the book is far better than that movie. Oof. How about the Futurological Congress by Stanislaw Lem? That was the source for that quirky Robin Wright movie, The Congress. Crazy book. Definitely worth checking out. They also covered Lean on Pete, Leave No Trace, Aniara. Papillon, The Goldfinch, The Yellow Birds, and If Beale Street Could Talk. So many great adaptations covered in so many great conversations, not just on Trailer Rewind, but all of the Next Reels family of podcasts. And you can get all of these as audiobooks on Audible, along with thousands of other great reads. Producing these podcasts is a lot of fun, but takes a lot of time. So, we're directly appealing to you, our dear listener. Please consider an Audible subscription to help support the Next Reels family of podcasts. I've been using Audible along with my family for decades now. I love it, and I've read hundreds of books through it. Couldn't be more pleased with their service, and I know you'll love it too. Head to thenextreel.com slash audible and get your free trial. It really helps us out. And you have a world of over 200,000 audiobooks open to you. So much great material available. Dive in with a free trial and get your first free audiobook at thenextreel.com slash audible. Start listening to amazing audiobooks of your favorite movie source material with your first free audiobook today. That's thenextreel.com slash audible. <laughs>